Join Planet Fitness now through March 16th and get the PF Black Card for zero enrollment in $22.99 a month. You'll enjoy an upgraded experience with tons of perks. Like access to more than 2,000 locations worldwide? Yep. Super soothing hydro massage chairs? Yes. Can I bring a friend every time? Sure. Can my friend be a horse? Mm, nay. Uh, sorry. Get the PF Black Card and feel fit-tacular. Zero enrollment, $22.99 a month. Deal ends March 16th. See club for details. Does anybody know he's able? 
that you've committed under him against that day. Now let me hear you say, Jesus. Welcome to Blessing Bogus Radio. Good evening, good evening. Tonight is Thursday, September the 27th, 2018. Tonight we are in the Apple Valley Studio with Critically Acclaimed Bishop, founder and overseer of the Greater All Nations Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ, conveniently located at 8516 South Compton Avenue in the city of sunny Los Angeles, state of California. Your zip code is 900. Zero one tonight is our weekly group for the soul Thursday Bible study session. Lord Dr. Bishop Offermore will go over what thus says the Lord. He will preach and teach you the word of God. First off, we'd like to give a big shout out to Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for sharing us and doing all that you do. Thank you. We are now in 52 countries across the world, as we have a total of 52 countries. Um, and we thank you to all those in those countries from the Southeast Asian countries to Africa, Australia, United Kingdom, and beyond. We're even down in the entire country of Mexico. 
and South America, United States, and Canada. So we say God bless you to all those in Radio Land, even though you may be in another country where it's international and you can't call it. The fact that you are listening to our show, we want to say God bless you. We love you. And keep listening because this show is, is the reason we do this is for our listeners. God put this on our heart. Dr. Bishop Alphamore is on every Wednesday and Thursday. By the grace and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, he will be on the show preaching, teaching, and praying the word of God and giving you what thus says the Lord has put on his heart. He does this every Thursday for our Bible study sessions, food for thought. And then on Wednesdays, he does prayer, prayer, and more prayer. That means he takes your prayers and petitions to the throne of grace. He listens to your testimonies, and he allows you your time to give God the ultimate praise that is hallelujah. Now, also, too, if you are in need of a church home, let's say you don't have one. Some people just don't have a church home, and you're in the Los Angeles area, and you're looking for a welcoming, friendly church home that you can visit and get your hallelujah praise on. Come on down on Sunday mornings at 1130 a.m. Dr. Moore and his congregation are giving God all the praise and worship that God is so duly deserved. This is every Sunday. It is ongoing, and it is an amazing opportunity. In these last and evil days, we don't know the time, the hour, nor the minute that the Son of Man shall come, but we need to not get ready, but we need to be ye ready, like the five fools and the five wise. The five of them were ready. Five of them were not when the bridegroom came. The five that were ready, they went on to the wedding party. The five that were foolish, they tried to find oil. They tried to get themselves. Well, it's too late because God said, don't get ready, be ready. you got to be ready at all times. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, Dr. Bishop Alphamore, he will speak on a topic. So get out your Bibles, your notepads, tablets, get out your pens, pencils, whatever you want to write. Write down these notes because these notes, if you study them after today, you're spiritually fed for seven days. And then the next week, he will continue on that topic for a total of three times. That means he breaks it down in three different sessions. Once that's done, he'll move on. But in those three sessions, you're going to learn so much knowledge and understanding about it that when you are done with the three sessions, you're going to be able to tell somebody else what you've learned. You're going to be able to share your knowledge, and you're going to be able to have so much prayer and understanding about that topic because God's going to open your mind. He's going to take you to a place biblically that you've not been before, that's why these messages are so important because these are not premeditated messages that Dr. Moore is premeditating on and trying to give you what he thinks his analogy is supposed to be. Now, these are messages that the good Lord is placing on his heart, his mind, and his soul. And as he's preaching in that moment, God is telling him what to say. He doesn't have notes premeditated where he's, he's rehearsing what to say. And all the years that I've been a member at my church with my grandpa, and all the years that I've known my grandfather, he's never once sat down and premeditated a message or rehearsed it or went over it five seconds before. No, no, and no. He always lets the good Lord give him what to say, when to say, and how to say it. Ladies and gentlemen, my bishop and pastor, my grandfather, and our host for the evening, Dr. Bishop Alphamore. God bless everybody. God bless you in Radio Land tonight. Thank you, amen, our announcer tonight for bringing us on tonight and giving you, amen, the status, amen, what's coming up, amen, so you can be blessed. This is the day the Lord has made, and let us be glad and rejoice therein. We're going to get right into the word of God tonight. There is nothing like the word of God. Last week, amen, we was talking about marriage. 
And we want to continue on a little bit on marriage tonight. One of the greatest subjects, amen, that can be ever talked about in a day and time that we are living in right now. Coming from the Word of God, Genesis chapter 2, 18 through 24, I'm going to read you, amen, some of these verses, amen, just to refresh your remembrance. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help me for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called, And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to all the fowls of the air and to every beast of the field. But Adam, there were not found any help meet for him. And the Lord called the great a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. And he took out of his rib and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God taken from man, he made a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is bones of my bones. This is now bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Matthew chapter 19, 4 and 6 says, And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read? that he which made them at the beginning, he made them male and female. And said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain but one. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. We're talking about this great union that, amen, God places upon earth for mankind. Marriage was instituted by the Lord himself. God, the creator of the world, set marriage in order. God that created all things can never make any kind of mistake. God knows what he's doing. He set marriage in order for two peoples 
And that was a man and a woman. God took out of the rib of Adam, and he made a woman. And Adam said, this is bones of my bone and flesh of my flesh. When every other animal had a mate, Adam did not have a mate, but God gave him a mate. And why is marriage under attack today? Why is marriage under attack today? Why does it seem so many in our modern cultural are desperate to undermine the oldest of all human institutions and traditions? They be that it is not a prototype, a marriage that troubles so many people. But the action, the real reality of what a man, the prototype represents is Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Mary represents something. It represents Jesus Christ is married to his bride, that is the church. The fact of God designed marriage to represent the relationship he desired and would develop between him and his creation. From the earliest day in the garden, God used the union between Adam and Eve to demonstrate the intimacy he desired to have with his people. The Lord wanted to get close to his people. He used Adam and Eve to demonstrate his love for his people. When they were in the garden, God loved it, Adam and Eve. And they had a spiritually relationship with the Lord, which is representing Christ and his bride. Many today, however, seek to dilute the significance and meaning of a marriage by opening the door to other alternated unions. People that's trying to get rid of the real thing. They don't want the real thing, amen. They don't want the union, amen, that God set up. They they want to set their own alternated up. And they want all of us to believe that it's all right. But it's not all right. We know what other alternated unions may be next in doing so. They not only attempt to elude unbiblical lifestyle, but they attack the foundation of marriage itself. Marriage is a wonderful institution, but what it represents is even greater. 
It represents the Christ's union with his church. Whatsoever that happened in the courts or the land regarding the tradition union of marriage. The fact remains, Jesus Christ will have a bride, a people for his name. Through the church, we have the opportunity to be ultimately joined to Christ. The body of Jesus Christ. Marriage is representing the body of Jesus Christ. It is not good. It's not good for a man to be alone. I'm going to give him a help me. Remember, marriage was ordained by God. When Adam and Eve didn't have anybody to marry them, the Lord himself, he ordained marriage. It was designed by God. It was designed for companionship. It wasn't good for man to be alone. Amen. He needed a companion. And God gave him a companion. He gave him a woman. Oh, woman. He didn't give him another man. He gave him a woman. Individual joining together. It comes a time that young men and young women, they, they leave their father and their mother and they go and they cleave to one another. And they too become to be one. That's what we know about being united in marriage. Marriage is based on a mutual submission. It's a holy matrimony. It is pure. It is intimate. The church must be married to Jesus Christ. We can have... Who could have known, who would have suspected that Jesus and his little group of disciples would cause such a stir in Canaan at the return from a journey onto Bethlehem? When Jesus went to a marriage, it stirred up something. What was so important for Jesus to go to a marriage? Because it represented to Jesus a union between a man and a woman. In all sense, such as in conception, the beginning from the one who would later atone the multitude with mighty signs and wonders. Certainly this would not appear to be the time or the place that Christ would first demonstrate his power. But John reported 
This began in a miracle. Did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. It was necessary for that marriage, amen, that Jesus did so the disciples that was following him could see the mighty hand and mighty power of Jesus. In Canaan, but the very present Jesus, he has sanctified that marriage relationship. How many more weddings we may act would be blessed if Jesus was there? I'll ask the question, was Jesus there at your wedding? Well, he should have been there to bless your union. How gracious of the Son of God to share every in our everyday joy. Jesus could have chosen a more public place and a more sanctified situation. The casting out of demons uh, stealing the storm on the water, but he didn't. His ministry of miracles. Instead, the Lord chose to set heaven's stamp approval upon an announcement bride and groom. Someone once stated, this American Canaan was Jesus' own wedding gift to the young couple. Talking about marriage, Jesus ordained marriage. Jesus designed, it was designed by God. What was true in the beginning of mankind exists is still the same today. The principle remains unchanged. In the wisdom and deep concern of mankind welfare, God pardon. It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help me. Genesis chapter 2 and 18. The Almighty knew from the outset that Adam needed a help me, a suitable companion to assist him. Thus God himself ordained marriage. It was his plan, one of his first acts after creation. It was his design to establish one of the riches of his human relationship, uniting a man and a woman in the bonds of love. There is nothing no better than a real marriage. But we find in North America, culture, one of the highlights in a girl's life is the planning of her wedding. She plans her own wedding. That is one time she gets a spiritual high. 
She's excited about getting marriage. And she must discover that special wedding dress, those unusual, attractive invitation flowers that are just right, matching dresses for the bridesmaid. She has been chosen by the man of her dream, and she lives in a swaying world of anticipation, joy, and happiness. She's excited about her marriage. Not only did God originally design marriage, but he also made it both a solemn and a joyful occasion. The Lord himself joined Adam and Eve in holy matrimony. There was no mother of the bride presented on that day because God had made, literally, he built the woman from the man's real, a solid act. Since there was no father of the bride, it was the Almighty who gave the bride away. He brought her unto the man. Genesis 2 and 22. And with his great action, he also made marriage very joyful. A man and a woman. Their marriage ought to be very joyful. God did not make no mistake when he made Adam and Eve. the foundation of our society. The family is the foundation, the fundamental institution of civil world culture. God intended for children to be born into houses where devoted parents would nurture and develop them by instilling in them proper values and respect and honor for God. God wanted mankind to teach their children about him, man and woman. Remember, the Lord does not make a mistake, but we're living in a time, it is, it is crucial in our day, when pressure upon modern cultural are challenging every moral value that marriage and family become interesting. The psalmist asks the question, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Don't let nobody destroy the foundation of marriage of a man and a woman. It is highly important for you to teach your children that God made a man and a woman to be married. 
Not a woman in a woman, neither man in a man, but a man in a woman. That's what the creator of the world did. We must stand on the word of God. We're just living in a time now, amen, that Satan is trying to change everything that God has ordained. Satan is trying to manipulate it, trying to bring some false report in it. He's twisting the word of God. That God ordained institution is under attack today. Sadly, many individuals of the modern cultural, they characterize those who define tradition values as a bigoted or right-winger or worse. It doesn't make no difference, amen, what they call you. You stand on the word of God. If the Lord said that, amen, he made man and woman, and that was, amen, the way it should be, that's what you stand on. A powerful cultural. It drifted his affection, the government, the court, and even churches. The federal government of Canada has drafted a bill to rewrite the definition of marriage. And Neverland and has the legislation the same sex. The message often promoted by a gay community is still that they simply want their union to be accepted. But in reality, they demand full flag report of their unbiblical and ungodly lifestyle. Don't go along with it. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you are to go back with Jesus when he comes, if you're going to be a bride of Jesus, you must obey the word of God. It just comes down to that similar Simple a fact. Obedience is better than sacrifice. God made a man and a woman. Many people have realized that an attack on traditional marriage is actually an attack on the Bible. It is an attack on traditional marriage. It is an attack on the Bible. The Bible is being questioned. But the Bible was written by the inspiration of men under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There is nothing wrong with the Bible. But God knows there's something wrong with man's mind. Others have simply recognized the value of this great institution. Nicola Sock, president of France, stated, 
our modern must remain that of a heterosexual family, cheering either father and a mother. We have heterosexual is trying to be husband and wife. That's unbiblical. That has come from the pits of hell. It didn't come from the word of God. Designed for companionship. Being alone can be one of the most challenging of human experience. There's a saying in the Turlum that reads, a man without companion is like the left hand without the right. God said it was good, or it was very good, on four different occasions during his creation. He says in Genesis 2 and 18, it is not good that the man should be alone. When he created, amen, his creation, he looked and said it was good and it was very good, but it's not good that man should be alone. A man needed a help me. A man needed a counterpart. A man needed somebody to help support him. And that's why a woman come in so important. She is bones of my bone. And she is flesh of my flesh. Adam called her a woman. He didn't call her a man. He called her a woman. He says a woman came out of me. While an individual can certainly accomplish much, the scripture emphasizes the increased power of two to overcome difficult. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 through 12, the Bible commentator Matthew Henry made an interesting observation about the latter part of Ecclesiastes 4 and 12, where two are clearly John in holy love and in fellowship, Christ will by his spirit come to them. Then there is a threefold cause. If they are John in holy matrimony, two, then Christ will come and amen, he will come to be a three-fourth cord in them, and they are much more stronger than they were with two. Unquestionable, God himself wished to be in twain in the heart-felt relationship between a husband and his wife. The Lord wants to be in the midst. 
The Lord wants to be in the midst of your relationship, man and woman. The Lord wants to be in the midst of your relationship. If you obey the divine marriage, when you got married, and it was under the principles of the Lord, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, amen, the Lord comes into your life. God meant for a woman to be more than a housekeeper or a candidate or merely for just a sex partner. God didn't mean for a woman to be for a man a sex partner, but amen, he meant for her to be a partner, but just not a sex partner. His plans were for her to be the vital part of her husband. The entire being, since marriage is the most intimate of a human relationship, she share in all her spouse is and all the hope to be. There is nothing no important than a, a good woman sticking by a good man. A man that finds a wife finds a good thing because that woman is going to support that man. In the love of Jesus Christ. Adam recognized that he were unique, different from all else in creation. It's good to recognize you can see things that are different from others. The animal world had been created apart from him. But uh, the woman, he declared, this is now bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Genesis 2 and 23, the woman was taken from part of him. Now she was one with him. She was taken from part of a man, and she was made woman. God brought that woman to Adam, and Adam accepted that woman as his wife. They were no more twain, but they were one. Yes, the Bible dictionary translates the term, help me, found in Genesis 2 and 22 and 18, as a helper are his counterpart and a hippo suitable to him. Somebody, amen, that is suitable to you. When God gives you your mate, he's going to give you somebody that is suitable to you. Somebody, amen, that you can get along with. God ain't going to give you nobody you can't get along with. Now, you may go out there and find somebody that you thought you could get along with, but God didn't give you that somebody. He's not the author of confusion, but he is of peace. Marriage is one of the most beautiful things that there can be. And let me say this. In man's sight, man and woman, you can stay together. And they're called common law marriage. 
But in God's sight, it is a sin. If you didn't marry according to God's law, you are in sin. It doesn't make no difference what state recognizes you. Amen. If you are a believer in Jesus, you must obey the word of God. Many women have quoted the fact that they have been cast in a superb role for God in his infinite wisdom has chose a woman to fill an unravishing position. She feels the need in a man's life that nothing else and no one else can feel. I'm certainly a witness to that. When you have a good woman and she sticks by your side, she can fulfill a need in your life that nobody else can fulfill. She knows your every tear, your every laughter, your every pain, your every headache, your heartache. That woman knows it. God meant for her and her husband to find their purpose in life together. Certainly some men have taken advantage or they are wise and treated them like household appliance. However, the woman has lovely supported her husband is in fact it's an honorable he honoring God and God will in turn honor her. Even she may have been treated like a household appliance, but she made that vow and commitment unto the Lord. She honored God, and God will honor her. Remember, God's ways is not like our ways. In between a man and a woman, God did not present Adam with another man. Instead, he brought a woman to Adam. This was God's original plan. And despite the scorn today of many in our so-called liberated society, it is the only plan that properly works. That's a man and a woman. Regardless of what else is going on in the world and they're trying to put it together and trying to make it work, God did not design it. He designed only for a man and woman is to live together. Jesus taught the sanctity of marriage between a man and a woman. He asked the Pharisee, have you not read which made them at the beginning, made them male and female? How plain can that be? A man will leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one plus. Matthew chapter 19, 4 and 5. He was reiterating what 
God had already established in Genesis, a man should take one woman as his wife. A man should take one woman, not two women, but one woman as his wife. A woman should take one man as her husband. Because he had placed such value on a proper union of a man and a woman. God condemns every form of fornication. On the, the Mosaic Law, illicit sex and intercourse is included incest, adultery, a holotry or rapists were to be stoned to death. A woman who was sexually unfaithful to her betrothed was also to be stoned. Adultery, a sexual intercourse with another man's wife was punishable by death for both the adultery and the adulteress. Look at where we are today. Look at what we are doing to marriage today. How faithful have you been to your husband? How faithful have you been to your wife? And if I'm speaking to a believer, if you have stepped out of the will of God, the only thing you can do is to reclaim your union with Jesus is to repent of your sins. Jesus further affirmed the divine principles of faithfulness between one man and one woman. When the Pharisees questioned him, Pharisees were disbelievers. They were on the same level that Jesus was. When the Pharisees, amen, they questioned him regarding a divorce, these religious leaders only seem concerned with the law. But the Lord was concerned with the demoralization effect that divorce had on an individual. God was concerned about the heart being torn up, destroying a person's life. But these Pharisees, they weren't concerned about that. He told them because, he told them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, he suffered you to put away your wives from the beginning. It was not so. In the beginning, amen, it was not so. God meant for a man and a woman to stay together until death do you part. Look at us today. In our land today, we can get a divorce on some of anything. It doesn't take, amen, anything too cruel today. We can get a divorce. But God says not so. It wasn't in the beginning. He said, whosoever shall put away his wife, 
except to be for fornicate, and shall marry another commits adultery. And whosoever marries her, which is put away, does commit adultery. Matthew chapter 19, verse 89. Leaving and cleaving principle. Once a married couple should be mature enough to begin a home on their own, they each have left father and mother to establish a new adult relationship. The husband and wife has even served with formal. Many have been their close human ties to establish their greater bond, although they should never lose their love and respect for their parents. A real child that has been risen right, they may get married, but they never lose the respect for their real parents. They just went and found somebody, amen, it had come to be necessary for them to be joined together, but they still have that love for their real parents. Adam had no parents, but God was clearly established a principle upon which to base all future marriage. The Hebrew word translated "clee" in Genesis 2.24 means to cling, uh, to be a hurl. The man and his wife were to glue together in an indissolvable union until death of uh, either one of them. Amen. Nothing should turn you. Nothing should destroy this great union that God has put together. However, it was only a physical bond, but also an emotion and a spiritual union. One so powerful that nothing could separate the two. Without question, a married man has far more responsibility to his wife than he has to his parents. Yes, he got to stay with his parents. Marriage is based on a commitment. The married couple should commit themselves each to the other under God. The divine principle, one man and one woman for one lifetime. Too many couples erroneously assume that a marriage ceremony itself results in a, a lasting commitment. After all, they have fallen madly in love and are sure to live happy even after. However, the vow taken at an altar are not the end. They are merely the beginning. A happy marriage always remains flexible with either partner always having his or her own way. Frequently, the married partner finds that after a few years, 
sometimes even after a few months. They have a tendency to drift apart. The husband may have become consumed with the job relationship or responsibility, while the wife may feel overwhelmed by the household duty. The emotion wave of love and romance may seem to have disappeared forever, lost in a sea of quick time out food and unresolved conflict. Time of testing come in every marriage. Storm of invasion come. Sickness might strike. Unexpected bills might accumulate. An unplanned pregnancy could occur. Unpaid bills. During these times of testing, genuine of a couple, it commits to rely, put to test. In such circumstance, couple may be drawn together to their marriage, may fall apart. You put your trust in Jesus. Submit yourself one to another. My time is out tonight. Stand on the principles of the Lord. One man and one woman. Amen. It is a type of Christ and his church. This is Dr. Moore saying, God bless you. We love you in Jesus' name. And to the hand of my announcer. That was beautiful coming from Dr. Moore tonight. Please tune in next week on Thursday. We'll absolutely be back again and on Wednesday for Bible study. Thank you so much. We appreciate all of you that listened in. We say thank you so much. Godspeed and good night and God bless everybody in Radio Land. And don't forget, we are praying for you. All those who need prayer, we're praying for you. Good night and God bless. You know it's going to be a good day when your biggest concern in the morning is collecting the crumbs falling from the McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit. Your only concern should be, has your day peaked too early? Enjoy every last crumb of the new McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit for only $3. At Eddie Size Soft Drink for just a dollar, and you'll get your day started on a high note. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.